Welcome to the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast, with your hosts, Max and Liz. This podcast is brought to you by Playful World Ministries. Max, Liz, and all the characters and adventures of the Epic Order of the Seven were created by and written by Jenny L. Cody. Oh, and by the way, as you listen to this episode from the audiobook The Ark, the Reed, and the Fire Cloud, keep in mind you can download your very own copy of it by visiting www.audible.com. And you can find the entire collection of the Epic Order of the Seven on Jenny's website, www.epicorderofthe7.com. That's epicorderofthe7.com. On today's episode, we'll hear Chapter 9 from The Ark, The Reed, and The Fire Cloud. And each week, we'll take a visit to Jenny's Corner, where we'll get to hear from Jenny Cody herself, the creator of the Epic Order of the Seven. Jenny will give us the inside scoop on all her stories, her inspiration, how she comes up with these great ideas, and much more. And she'll read letters from her loyal listeners, maybe even yours. Well, let's get started, shall we? Here's Max and Liz. Thanks, announcer lad. Uh, Monsieur, what is the title of today's chapter? Once again, the name is Denny. The title of today's episode is Denny? No. Then what is it? Questions and more questions. All right, fine. If you would rather not tell me. Tell you what? The title of today's chapter of the Ark, the Reed, and the Fire Cloud. Questions and more questions. <laughs> the only question we have, Monsieur, is what is the title of today's chapter? Okay, okay, fine. But first, what's my name? Don't you know, Monsieur? <laughs> I give up. You give up? Why, it's Denny. I thought you would know that. I thought he would know that. I know, right? Anyway, on today's episode, we'll be making our way through England with Al, our seagull friends, Crinan and Bathu, and, uh, <laughs> well... The bunny last kid. The pretty little dog that Maxes or Goo over. No, I'm not. Well, maybe a wee bit. <laughs> Well, have you seen her then? She's a... A bunny lass, oui, je comprends. I get it, Max. <laughs> anyway, the growing group of animals faces growing challenges as they pursue the fire cloud. And that raises all kinds of questions. And more questions. Why, you know, that would make a great title. Chapter 9. Questions and More Questions. Crinan, Bethu, and Kate turned from the fire cloud to locate the source of the noise behind them on the beach. A black dog was running toward them, followed by a big screaming orange cat. As I live and breathe, look me, love, it's Max from the Glen, said Crinan excitedly to Bethu. Are you sure? asked Bethu, squinting to make out the animal running toward them. I could spot him a mountain away. Crinan grinned. Well, goodness me, it sure is. Maximilian Braveheart the Bruce, Bethu exclaimed. Kate looked up to see Max trotting toward them. Her heart caught in her chest. A black Scotty. Oh, and wasn't he handsome? I believe Max has a cat chasing him, Bethu said with concern on her face. Yes, love, I believe you are correct. Uh, Kate... Would you excuse us for the moment? Crinan and Bethu took off flying past Max. They started dive-bombing an out-of-breath Al. Max didn't notice the gulls fly overhead or the commotion behind him. 
His gaze was focused on the beautiful white dog rushing up to him. Max smiled. Hello, uh, Miss... Kate returned the smile. My name is Bonnie Caitlin Maitland, but please call me Kate. Me name is Max, Maximilian Braveheart the Bruce, but you can call me whatever you want, Max said, gazing into Kate's beautiful eyes. Max and Kate stood gazing at one another. They didn't hear anything but the sound of the crashing waves and the beating of their hearts in their ears. Chemistry. The moment was interrupted when the ruckus between the seagulls and Al escalated. Kate looked over, growled, and rushed over to aid Crinan and Bethu. Max turned to follow her, and it was only then he recognized the gulls. Hold it right there, Kitty. You done scared me friends. And what do you mean chasing such a fine dog? Who are you? And what do you want? scolded Kate. Al covered his head with his paws, looking frantically at Kate and the two gulls, then back at Kate. This was clearly a strong-willed female dog. She must be the ringleader of these new violent creatures. I beg your pardon, miss. Me name's Al. I didn't mean to frighten your friends. Believe me, I know how they feel, and that's the last thing I want any creature to feel on account of me, explained Al. I'm not chasing the dog. I'm with him. Max, tell them. Tell them I'm with you. Max was grinning from ear to ear. What a fiery lass this Westie was. She was trying to defend him from Al. He chuckled and then trotted over to the confused bunch of animals. Grinin', Bathu, how in the world is it that you're here in England? We're all a wee bit away from home, aren't we now? said Max excitedly, his tail wagging in the sea breeze. <laughs> no need to worry about the big orange kitty. Al here is me friend. He's on this journey following the fire cloud with me. Al's face flooded with relief as the gulls stopped pecking and the Westie stopped scolding. Their attention was now on Max, who defended him. Crinan answered, We've been following that fire cloud for days. In fact, we called to you in Gilliman that we were headed out when you were up on his cliff. You must not have heard us then. Max remembered now. Crinan and Bethu had indeed flown over and called to Gilliman and him, but Max had not heard what they said. I, I did see ya, but didn't hear ya. I were talking with Gilliman, trying to figure out why the reeds by the loch hummed and said, Come to me, follow the fire cloud, answered Max. I don't believe it. Did you hear that, me love? Bethu said excitedly. That makes four of us now, five if you count your big orange friend. Kate looked to Max, relieved to know he was heading her way. Al grinned and kept quiet, waving at the seagull that smiled back. Well, so here we are, said Max. Anyone got an idea where the fire cloud will lead us? We were just trying to figure that one out when you showed up, replied Crinan. We were asking a different sort of question. Now that we're at the water's edge, what do we do? Max stood in front of the little band of friends who were looking to him for an answer. The last thing he wanted to appear was uncertain, especially in front of Kate. Ah, well, let's look at the situation. Crinan and Bethu, what can you tell me about this land? Is it an island? Do you see any land reaching out to where the fire cloud is moving? 
asked Max. It's indeed an island. A big island, mind you. Down the east coast are huge white cliffs. Tis a grand sight. Bethu and me been flying way up high into the clouds, and there be a coastline as far as the eye can see. Aye, the fire cloud is now over the other side of the sea. But there's no land across as far as we see in lad, answered Crinan. What about the little island we saw off the shoreline, dear? asked Bethu. Would that help? No, me love, answered Crinan. He turned to Max. Tis just another island on the south of England, but it won't get you far across the big sea. Plus, it's to the west, not the direction we need to go. This isn't what Max wanted to hear. All eyes were looking to him for an answer and a direction of where to go and what to do. How was he supposed to know? He needed an answer. They needed a way across. And he needed to prove himself to Kate. Just then, they all heard a rumble come from Al's belly, making them laugh. Is anyone else hungry besides me? asked Al. Oh, Al, how can you think of food at a time like this? asked Kate. Believe me, Kate, Al never stops thinking about food, no matter what kind of time it is, said Max with a wink to Kate. Kate smiled back. Well, this is a good time to eat, said Max. I need some time to think anyway. Al, help Kate find some lunch while I have a look around then. Max trotted off down the beach, not knowing really where he was going, but making it look like he did. Kate and Al made their way over to a dune filled with delicious sea oats. Crinan and Bethu followed along, picking at morsels in the wet sand. The sun was bright on the sea, blinding Max. When he was a good way down the beach, he sat down in the soft, wet sand. He knew what he needed to do. He needed to talk to the maker. It's me, Max, again. I'm grateful to you for bringing Al and me to this grand shore, and for helping us to find me old friends, and especially for introducing me to Kate. Ah, oh, what a bunny lass she is. Me heart hasn't stopped beating hard since I laid eyes on her. Max's mind drifted for a moment. We are all following the fire cloud. This mystery keeps growing, and I'm not sure where you mean for us to go. But here we are on this side of the sea, and there the fire cloud is on the far side. Water again. Water, 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 of all things. Are you testing me then? The first time you talked to me, it were at the water of the lock. The first challenge were crossing water at the big creek. Now here I am at this big body of water, needing a word from you as to what to do with it. One of those revelations would be grand about no, Max said out loud. He caught his breath for a moment and hoped the maker would respond. Max appreciated the fact that he could be himself with the maker. The maker never made him feel he had to act like someone other than who he was already. Max continued, Forgive me for saying it, but I know there isn't a log big enough to reach across this grand sea of water. Uh, there isn't a log that big, is there? Max sat quietly and listened to the waves crashing at his feet. He felt the warm rays of the sun kiss his face, and the sea breeze fill his nostrils with the energy he always knew from his beloved Scotland. He closed his eyes and soaked it up, allowing his mind to take him back home. The last time he was at the shore, it was with Gilliman on the morning he left the glen. It seemed like forever ago that he stood with him on the cliff overlooking the sea. 
His heart ached as he missed his friend. But what a surprise to be reunited with his other friends. Crinan and Bethu were always two of his favorite birds. They were ever considerate of others, a character trait that Max admired. And the love they showed to each other made Max wish that someday he could share that kind of love with someone. His mind drifted to Kate. She was beautiful and strong and had a sweet but spunky spirit. Could it be this grand journey was arranged for them to meet? There were always more questions. Max remembered a Gilmanism. Sometimes a question grows into more questions rather than a single answer. Tis the way of life, Max. If there is a purpose for you beyond what you know, the Maker always has a way of making it known. Max opened his eyes and looked at the waves far out to sea. He squinted from the brilliance of the sun's reflection and watched the waves gradually move inland. He noticed how they crested as the water became shallow. He was wondering how that worked when the Maker whispered to his heart, Keep thinking about your friends from home. You will find the right way from there. Kate watched Max while she and Al sat chewing on the delicious sea oats. What is Max doing down there on the beach? Kate asked Al. Oh, he's probably talking to the Maker, answered Al. He does that when he needs to figure out what to do next. He learned to do this from his wise old friend Gilliman, and I have never seen him lacking an answer yet. Kate was drawn even more so to Max. He had character and a faith that made him strong and brave indeed. This is the kind of dog she could really love. The afternoon wore on and nothing came readily to Max. He wrestled with his thoughts and with the Maker's instructions. He stared up at the fire cloud. Why is this so hard? I don't like to be the one to figure things out. I'm much better at plowing right ahead after the plan is made, not coming up with the plan. I wish there were someone else leading this group of creatures besides me, Max thought. Kate, Al, Crinan, and Bethu left Max alone all afternoon, respecting his need for time by himself. Max continued thinking and remembering his friends as the Maker instructed him to do. Suddenly, he jumped up with a start. Of course, that will work. I, but I don't know how I'm going to handle this. They'll all think I'm daft. I think I'm daft for thinking it. This'll take courage I don't have. But I don't see another way, Max said to himself. He turned his thoughts back to the Maker. Ah, you're a grand helper. Thanks for the revelation. I knew you would make the way come to me. Max ran back down the beach toward the others. Crinan! Bethu! I've got an assignment for you! yelled Max. The two seagulls flew over to Max and landed next to him on the sand, while Kate and Al watched from a distance. I think I figured out a way to cross the sea, said Max, with a big grin and a twinkle in his eyes. Go find Craddock. So, you got some answers to the questions and more questions? Aye. And you figured out a way to cross the water? Aye. But uh, what is Craddock? Ah, questions and more questions. Besides, Craddock isn't a what, it's a who. You mean, he's a who. What? <laughs> no, no, who, who? 
Now you're sounding like a hooty owl. What are you trying to ask me, Liz? Who is Claddock? Oh, well, I'm afraid you'll have to find out next time, lass. <laughs> <laughs> like everyone else. Meanwhile, thankfully, it is time for Jenny's Corner. With our author friend, Jenny Cote. Uh, Miss Jenny? Max, I understand you have a question for me. Well, that seems to be the way it's going today. Questions and questions. Uh, so, Miss Jenny, your friend Katie would like to know who inspires you to write? Aside from me and Liz, of course. <laughs> Great question. Well, my friends, I pick up ideas from friends all the time. I have this phrase, careful or you'll end up in my novel. <laughs> And so a friend might say something that inspires me. My dear friend, Claire Foltz, she has been with me from the very beginning of my writing journey, and she is my primary muse, if you will. Not only does she share my passion for history, she is on my critique team and reads every word that I write, but she's also my sounding board that I brainstorm with on fictional plot lines as well as historical and so Claire really inspires me a lot. And my readers inspire me. When I hear from you and I hear how much you're learning and how excited you are and how the books have moved you and inspired you, you all are who inspired me to write most of all. Thanks, Jenny. And again, if you'd like your letter to be read on a future podcast, write to Jenny. Once again, her email address is jenny at epicorderofthe7.com. Join us next time as the animals make preparations to cross the sea. Plus, we'll take a trip back in time to visit Adam and a secret cave. You won't want to miss it. Once again, the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast, is produced by Playful World Ministries, and the Ark, the Reed, and the Fire Cloud was written by Jenny L. Cody. To purchase your copy of the Ark, the Reed, and the Fire Cloud on audiobook, log on to audible.com. And for all the amazing books by Jenny L. Cody, the entire collection of the Epic Order of the Seven, log on to Jenny's website, www.epicorderofthe7.com. That's epicorderofthe7.com. See you next time on the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast. And I'm Denny Brownlee. Thanks for joining us. Have a grand day. Au revoir, mes amis.